Welcome to the Paper Dungeon Podcast Edition. In this episode, we meet Tarak, an orcish paladin locked in the prison of an unfamiliar city. Although he has managed to make a few allies, a terrible affliction threatens to take it all away. Can Tarak manage to save his newfound friends, or will tragedy prevail? Find out on this episode of The Paper Dungeon. Awesome. Welcome back to another episode of The Paper Dungeon. We are so excited to have you guys. Today, we're going to be uh, doing a one-shot with Tarak, with Aaron playing as Tarak. Um, super, super excited. Yeah, today is going to be uh, Aaron's one-shot. This is super exciting because this is the first time you guys have seen Aaron and will see Aaron up until the stream starts since he's not having a group shot. So, Although I am the face on all of our promotional videos. It's true. and This is our boy, you know. He's a freaking legend. We absolutely love him. Um, so yeah, anything that you want to say before we get started, Aaron? Um. Oh, geez. Just I to put you on the spot. Prepared for this. Um, you know. I mean, not a whole lot. Uh, if you super want to watch through all the stuff, we have our own website. I have a blog on there. Self plug. Yeah, definitely. Um, that's updated twice a month. A new one's coming out in a couple days. Pretty excited Definitely. about it myself. So I suck at grammar, so fair warning. <laughs> yeah, for those of you who don't know, Aaron has been DMing and creating homebrew content for ever uh, since Five E came out, basically, um, and is very, very wise and has helped me a lot. As um, he was one of my first DMs, and then kind of gave me a lot of advice when I started DMing. And so he has an article, I believe it's called um, the Backpackers Blogger. Oh yeah, um, uh, the. Uh, the Dungeoneer's Guide, I believe it is. The Dungeoneer's Guide, yeah. yeah. Hack. It's the... It, oh, jeez, I'm forgetting my own blog name. <laughs> DJ, you can't do this to me. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I want to say it's the Dungeoneer's Pack, I'm going to say. Yeah. Um, you can find it on our website. It has a little picture of a backpack. That's the yeah. one. Yeah, exactly. Lots of good articles, lots of helpful hits for DMs and how to think about things and different stuff. I recently really, really smart. made a character based on the song Pinball Wizard. It was a fun time. Yeah. Definitely. So definitely go check that out. You can go to the paperdungeon.com to find that um, along with um, links to all of the uh, VODs for our one shots. Um, so far, we've had just about everybody um, except for Drew and Aaron. So there should be four um, videos up on there. You can also go over to our YouTube channel, um, but you guys probably all know that. So we'll just go ahead and get started if you're ready, Aaron. I, I'm as ready as I'll ever be. <laughs> Fantastic. So... We open in the dingy, dirty, dark corners of Athala, the capital city of Aklaron. You have been here for a few days as you recently got transferred to Athala from a prison in uh, Tos Estra, um, several miles uh, southeast of Athala, where you got uh, picked up for and imprisoned, you know, because... You're an orc, and people don't like orcs, and they're very, very hateful towards you. And so they immediately assume that you were doing some petty crime or terrible things, and you were uh, picked up and put in jail and then moved to Athala, where they have um, some better prisons for you. As you've been listening to the guards, you have come to learn that you are in what's called the Gloom Ward. Um, as you approached Athala, you could see that it was a city built into basically a giant cave in the side of a mountain um, with a large exterior wall that goes out and around the outer banks of the cave. Um, and then there's four tiers to it that build up into the cave. 
um, with the sea perfectly half of the way into the cave and half the way out. Um, the portion on the bottommost ring further furthest back into the cave is the darkest, most um, or the least well-kept portion of the city and has been dubbed the gloom ward as it's where um, most of the uh, underdark type criminals and the underworld type people hang out. It's where the worst prison is. It's where um, the truly the poorest people live. Um, and that is where you have been imprisoned. Um, yeah. As you've been listening to the guards, um, you have come to realize a couple different things. A, they hate you. Okay. B, they want nothing to do but torture you. Uh, but there has been one guard who has been um, rather nice to you. Her name is Nyla. Um, and she has been, um, every once in a while, feeding you some extra food, getting you an extra biscuit. Um, she'll usually, if she's the one um, tasked with uh, standing with you and guarding you, she'll usually have conversation with you. Um, and you've really come to enjoy when Nyla is there. As she is one of the few people that's actually kind to you and seems to see past the fact that you are an orc. Um, and so we open here. It's dim. It's dark. There's one little window in your cell, barred window, um, that just ever so faint bits of lights come through. It's already dark in the gloom ward, and now you're basically beneath the uh, street with one little gate that is on the uh, street level. That allows for light to come in. It also allows for a lot of the sewage to come in and um, any water or drainage. So you've learned to stay away from it as you don't want to get dumped on, basically. Um, but you have come to uh, reside in one of the corner in this dark, dingy, dirty cell of this stone wall, a stone walled cell with one uh, kind of prison cell. You know, like uh, in in Avatar The Last Airbender when um, Uncle Iroh is yep. imprisoned. 100%. It looks exactly like that. Oh. Um, that's kind of the prison. Um, I start doing uh, some sit-ups hanging from the upper bar. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Yeah, you know, just get jacked so you can bust your way out. Um, sorry, spoilers for Avatar The Last Airbender. If you know, you know. Um, I mean, he escapes from jail? What? 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 He's the coolest character in the show? What? You're the worst. DJ. Anyway. Sorry. Um, so, yeah. You are in this cell, it's rather cold, um, and you're just kind of sitting there by awesome. yourself. Uh, am I, like, manacled or, like, chained to the you, floor, or am I just nope. free roaming in this uh, cage? Okay. You're free to roam in the cell. Um, you can see in front of you, towards where the uh, entrance to this cell space is, there is one guard that usually stands just to the right of the entrance. Um, you remember from when you were taken in, there's a large... Um, hallway that goes through and there's probably about four of these cells along it and each one has one man guard in front of it at a time um, you don't know who's currently standing there a lot of times the guards don't even come in unless they want to throw a cold bucket of water on you or maybe possibly feed you the food that they're supposed to give you um, you've kind of discovered that it's sporadic the food that you get um, and it doesn't really go on a schedule like you would Fair. hope um, so, so in reality, it just feels like home. Yeah, you know, it's kind of true. <laughs> it's a little better, actually. Yeah, exactly. Um, is there anything that you'd like to do while you're in the cell? Um, hmm. So in my spare time here, do I happen to know... Uh, I, I can forget everything, but I, do I know where my bag is? You do not. Ugh. So they took your bag when you entered, and then um, 
Yeah, and then they took you to you to you to yourself. Um, yeah, I mean, there's not a there's not a whole lot that I'm. Mm super inclined to do here i eat my food when i can um i i don't even have anyone to pray to so (laughs) i'll just kind of chill yeah so as you're seeing here the hours either run ridiculously fast or they're so slow and it's hard to keep track of time um but one of the ways that you have learned to keep track of time is um through the rotation of guards you know that the guards stay on for six hour shifts and after a little bit you can hear um, some footsteps approaching from down the hall um, before one of the guards says, Oh, Nyla, fantastic. I'm so ready to get away from this stupid orc. Um, to which she responds, Oh, I totally understand. I can't believe that we have to keep here guarding him. This is ridiculous. Um, and the, the first guard goes, Oh, well, I see that you have brought me an extra snack. I appreciate it. And um, takes, it sounds like she take, he takes something or begins to take something from Nyla before she goes, ah, 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 this is for me. You should have brought your own food. Um, and he kind of chuckles a little bit before walking off. And then Nyla walks around the corner into your celled area. And you can, she's wearing her traditional armored garb, um, full plates with, uh, the no helmet on at the moment. Um, you know that she is just a human woman. Um, probably in her mid to late twenties. Um, she has pretty tan skin with brown eyes and long black hair. Um, and she comes in and she goes, good morning. Good morning, Nyla. I brought you an extra biscuit this time. I hope you enjoy it. And she slides her tray, um, underneath, uh, the cell. There's a little um, portion in the bottom of the cell that is uh, designed for a tray to slide through, and she slides the tray through. I thank you, but I don't want you risking your time here. Oh, it's not a big deal. Nobody nobody cares. The guards take extra food all the time. Thank you. So, I actually had a question to ask you. Uh, My sister, Mary, is curious about seeing you. I've told her that there's an orc here in town, and she was actually wanting to swing by. so I just, I thought I'd let you know, she's going to stop by the grate. I showed her which one is your cell. Um, so she might come by and say hello. Um, just try and be nice, I suppose. I would appreciate the company. Yeah, well, um, I will get back to my, uh, get back to my post. And she uh, leaves the tray and then goes back around um, before standing like she normally does. Um, after a while, you finish off your food. It's fairly decent. Compared to what you're used to having, it's actually pretty good. Um, Yeah, you know, compared to, like, traditional human food, it's, like, the worst. It's basically pig slop. This is great. But, yeah, you're just like, yo, there's a carrot in here. What the heck? This is awesome. This might Uh, have at one point in time been cooked. Yeah, exactly. Uh, It's not raw meat and, like, literal roots that you pull out out of the ground. Um, At least these ones are washed, supposedly. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And you go through and you eat all of this um, before uh, eventually um, there's a small shadow that goes over your window. Hello? Uh, I turn, I try, I know that there isn't a whole lot of light, Uh but I make sure to turn so that the scarred side of my face is away from the grate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Um, And and I kind of give a side-eyed look up very slowly Uh and I say, uh, 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 would you be Nyla's sister? Is, uh, is that yeah. who came calling? I'm, yeah, I'm Mary. Mary? You're really big. Well, for your people, I suppose. Uh, I'm actually uh, 
much smaller than most of my brethren. Really? That's that's so crazy. Cause you're how how tall are you? I've never measured. <laughs> oh, uh, well, I am four foot three, three and quarter, three quarters actually. Well, that's very impressive. Thank you. I tried very hard. Uh, how old does Mary seem? She looks to be um probably about twelve or so. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, not like super old, but not also super, super young either. Um, yeah, probably around early, early to mid teenagers, um, something around there. Gotcha. Well, is there anything that you have to ask or any questions or uh, are you uh, just uh, looking for strange company? <laughs> uh, I like talking to some of the prisoners. They usually have good stories. Nyla tells me about the fun ones that she enjoys talking to. You're by far her favorite. She talks about you the most. Well, I appreciate your sister as well. It's rare to find such good company here. Yeah. A lot of times the people that they put here are really, really kind of scary. They have a lot of really big tattoos across their faces or they're like missing teeth or something. But not you. You look, you look nice. Except that you're kind of gray, which is a little interesting. But that's fine, I suppose. Uh, I do laugh to myself. Internally. Um, <laughs> and I say, uh, has your sister ever, ever told you not to talk to strangers? Yeah, she tells me that all the time. Uh, as much as I won't hurt you, it's, it's not for sure that others won't. That's okay. Nobody likes to hurt a little girl. Uh, <laughs> if that is what you believe, I hope it holds true. Yeah, it's fine. So far it's been fine. Besides, they're all behind prison bars, so... It should be fine. It'll be okay. Um, yeah. Well, what you have... would you like to speak about? Well, I was actually kind of wondering what what's it like at, in your in your homeland, right? You're you're not from Aklaran. Down in the crim the crimson seas of sand, eh? Past the mountains of Alasark. It's not great. It's, oh? it's dry. Very, very dry. Which is surprising due to the fact that it's next to the sea, but it's all it's all sand, dead, barren, very little wildlife. Now the mountains, those are a different story. Have you ever heard yeah. of the Alasar Mountains? Yeah, the, that's where we get a lot of our Vistrusium. Yes, but it has far more interesting things than that, like perhaps the people that inhabit them. Have you heard of the Alasar Dwarves? Yeah, the, 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 the ones that mine the Vistrusium. What, what about them? They're just dwarves. Ah, just dwarves, you say? Don't you know that all good spirits live in the mountains? What do you mean, good spirits? The souls of the dead. Uh, souls that have passed. But they're not, those are supposed to go to to another plane. They're not supposed to stay here. Another plane, the mountains. What do you think is the mist at the top? Oh, so you're telling me mist holds dead people? Something along those lines. It is more like... Mist gathers around where souls do. It is your eyes trying to tell you that there are things there that you can't see. Now, the Alasar dwarves, though, they can see them. They've lived there for so long that they can not only see them, they can reach out and touch them. They can talk to them. They can trap them. Whoa. Whoa. That's really cool. Indeed. If you ever, have, if you ever see a dwarf that has a beard full of gold and jewels and rings that bind it, it isn't just binding their beard. No, no, no. It is binding the souls of their ancestors so they won't leave them. They protect them in battle. I wonder wonder if my parents are in one of those jewels. Doubtful, but you never know. If you were to head to the Alasar Mountains, you might be able to find them. Maybe find someone to speak to them for you. 
Whoa. Of that's course. Really cool. Don't go running off alone now. No, no, no. I'll, I'll get Nyla to take me. She likes taking me on trips. Well, they are a beautiful, beautiful place. They are terrifying people, but very, very kind. Okay. Cool. Well, I, I should go. But thanks for the story. I really appreciate that. I'm gonna, gonna get Nyla to take me. That'll be really fun. Not at all. Thank you. And if you ever have need of another story, I have many. Mm. Okay. All right. Bye. And she kind of like scampers off. Um, yeah. Over the next couple of weeks, um, Mary stops by a few more times and you continue to tell her stories um, and really uh, help educate her on just different parts of the world, especially where you're from, um, being from the Crimson Wastes and depicting the destruction that is there um, and telling them about the Alistair Mountains and stuff like that. Um, and you've talked to Nyla on a couple occasions and she really begins to appreciate it um, to the point that she begins asking you about the Alistair Mountains and what they're like as that's not a place that she has ever been. Um, and it's not really... Uh, promoted as a place to be visited, normally just because uh, the Alistar dwarves are a strange folk compared yep. to um, some of the other inhabitants of the world. Uh, they're very, very resourceful, and the minerals that they mine in the Alistar Mountains are very important to um, many societies, but they're not usually a people group that's like, hey, you should come visit us or come invade our home. It's not a vacation um, destination. Exactly, 100%. Um but you managed to strike their interest over the Alistair Dwarves um, and stuff like that. And as after a couple of weeks go by, um, not even just a couple of weeks, but as about one week goes by, um, there goes a, a few days that Mary doesn't come to visit you um, and Nyla, it doesn't work. Um, and it's just long enough that it's kind of abnormal as Mary was visiting you basically every other day and she hasn't visited you in, in what would be two sessions, quote unquote. Um, just enough to cause you a little bit of concern. Um, and you're sitting there in your cell thinking about it when you can hear um, footsteps coming up um, and a couple of guards begin talking. Um, and as they're speaking, you can hear them mentioning a couple different things. You hear um, one of them talk about how it's really unfortunate that Nyla isn't able to come into work because her sister is sick now. Um, and they also talk about how they think that the sickness could have been caused by you. Um, you just being here in your very presence is causing people to get sick. Um, and they then mention that they're very excited for the fact that a team of Alistar Dwarves are actually coming here to Athala to pick you up and take you back to the Crimson Wastes. That's not good. That's a, that's a bad time. <laughs> not a fan of uh, you overhear all of this um, before the guards rotate out and um, they go back. Yeah. Is there anything that you'd like to do in this period? Oh, you're really giving me a dilemma here, DJ. <laughs> okay. Did they mention like a time frame, like how many days it would be until the Alistar Dwarves showed up? They mentioned that the dwarves are supposed to arrive... Um, the, in the next couple of days. Um, they also talked about the, the disease itself, um, and it seems as though it's, um, it's rather interesting. It seems to be something that affects um, cognitive abilities and uh, something that is uh, infesting someone's mind and causing them to uh, not be able to function properly. 
Um, it's kind of the, the details that you're starting to get from it. Gotcha. Um, okay. Mm. <laughs> well, that's a problem. So I have somewhere between one and three days. But if I leave, then that means they'll get in trouble. Uh, hmm. I mean, I, I gotta go. Um, okay, all right. When I am sitting in this cell, mm -hmm. I assume that there's a locked door. Yeah. Um, and do, do I happen to have noticed if, like, the guards hand off a key to each other, like, when they enter? Or is there, like, a key ring somewhere? Or You have noticed a couple different times that there's usually a key ring on their hip. Um, you don't know if they hand them off or if they each have their own set of keys or or what, but you notice that any time that Nyla would come in, there was always a key ring on her hip. Gotcha. I will wait for one day okay. to see if Nyla shows up. Oh, yeah. Uh, you wait about um, another day, a several guard shifts, um, and it gets to be about the same point uh, just after the first morning shift is switched out and Nyla still has not arrived. That's not good. I will... I've got to call it. I'm going to try to, I'm trying to, going to try to get one of the guards over here. Okay. How do you do that? But I mean, I've literally, uh, uh, but, uh, uh, so like, like a little bit through the shift, like not right after they switch. Uh, -huh. um, oh God, how am I going to go about this? Uh, it's just so that way, like, I'm pretty sure that he's alone and there won't be anyone for the next little while. Yeah. Okay. God, 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 help, help. <laughs> Mm. What do you want? I need help. A, a terrible disease has afflicted me. <laughs> Good. You should die in there. But the, the, all the, the dwarves, they're, they're coming to take me. It would be a shame for you if I was dead. and They would not be happy. <laughs> Roll a persuasion check. <laughs> he's, he's I not know Chris was a great liar. <laughs> Fifteen. Okay. All right. You can, uh, you hear this guard. It sounds like he stands up. Um, as you can hear, like, uh, metal scraping against the stone as he, like, stands up. Um, you get the sense that he is probably sitting down, leaning against the wall from the snoring that you could faintly hear. He was probably asleep. Um, and he had to, like, stand up and scrape against the wall. Um, and he comes around the corner. And, uh, this is a human man with a nice, thick, black beard, um, fairly uh, pale skin with uh, kind of these greenish eyes um, in the same style of armor that uh, Nyla would always wear. And you can see that on his hip is a key ring. Yep. Um, I am laying on the ground far enough in that like he couldn't, that I'm like in the shadows enough that he couldn't actively see me, uh -huh. but like not so far back that he thinks that something's up. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. What's, what's the matter with you? Something with my leg. I, f I think it may have been infected. I, it, before long, it will, the gangrene will set in and I'll die. Right. Fine, we'll amputate then. And you can see he pulls out um, just a, a section of cloth and he wraps it around his face and ties it so it's covering his nose and mouth um, and takes out the key, puts in the key, opens the door, closes it, locks it, um, and then pulls out what is um, basically a short sword. Um, and kind of starts walking over towards you, looking at your leg. Uh, when he gets within 10 feet... Okay. I will use my... Okay, I'm not sure if I can do this. 
So okay. as an orc, I have yeah. a feature called aggressive. Okay. It yeah, allows yeah, me yeah. as a bonus action to dash as long as I end up closer to someone than I was. Okay. Um, can I use my bonus action to stand up using that dash? Yeah, I'd say that. Okay. I'll real quick, like, lion prone, gets within 10 feet. <laughs> stand up, walk forward five, and I'm just going to try to grapple him real quick. Okay. Uh, I'll give you a, a surprise round. So we'll say that was your bonus action for the surprise round. This will be your action. Go ahead and roll um, contesting athletics. What'd you get? Natural 20. Ooh, That'll be a 24. You. Yeah, you definitely defeat this guy's natural four. Um, so quicker than this guy has seen an orc move really ever. He hasn't seen a whole lot of orcs. Actually, he hasn't ever seen an orc. You're the first. He doesn't like you. But quicker than he could ever expect, you book your way up and just immediately bear hug him to the point that you're squeezing him tight enough that he actually has to like drop his sword and the keys um, because you're just squeezing him so tight. And he's kind of like gasping for air a little bit. I, I lean in real close and I say, please forgive me for this, but I have to do this for if I don't, an innocent girl will die. Now tell me, where is my bag and the rest of my equipment? I released like a little bit so he can breathe. <laughs> oh, you filthy beast, you can go die. That's not answering the question. I squeeze a little harder. <laughs> I unsqueeze. <laughs> you can see he's like trying to like lean down or reach for the sword or like something I just kinda, along his I leg. I kind of like shuffle a little bit away. <laughs> you're like slaps kind of at your sides before I'm just, finally just... I'm just... Yeah. Do, do I think he's going to calm down at all? Um, Can I animal handle inside check. Like, <laughs> 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 Go ahead and roll an inside check just to kind of see how he's feeling. Determine the conviction of this guard. That'll be a 12. Yeah, he uh, he seems like he's struggling. Um, and hasn't really shown a sign of wanting to comply. Gotcha. I, I lean in close again. I squeeze tighter. I go, listen to me right now. I have the ability to break you right now, and I'm choosing not to do so. Please understand I don't want this. You don't want this. Tell me what I need to know, and I will be back within the hour. I swear it on my life. Uh, your life means nothing. I swear it on your life uh, and your position as a guard. Uh, the, in the office, and he, like, passes out. I lay him gently on the ground, and I kind of uh -huh. put anything that happens to be in there. I put him away from the grate so he doesn't get, like, splooshed up. Oh, you sweetheart. I move whatever. If there's anything that could somewhat cover him, I put it there. Yeah, there's nothing. I take off the small, the shirt that I have, and I just kind of cover <laughs> him up. Nice. <laughs> I take the keys. I take his sword. I don't take it with me, but mm -hmm. I will leave it outside of the bar is far enough that he can't grab it nice okay and then i close and lock the door um, nice yeah it's nice the nice thing about this area is that it's already dark enough just the the general position and now you're basically underground with the only source of light being one torch on the very far side uh hallway that they walk through and then the only other source of light is the very basically like uh cloud covered moonlight is kind of the amount of light that you get in from your grate. So it's pretty easy to like tuck him into the corner and just kind of cover him in that one shirt. And yeah. it basically looks like you. 
um, Perfect. as nobody could see you anyway. So yeah, it, it was more, really I was well. afraid he would just catch a chill down there, but even better. <laughs> um, uh, I'm going to, uh, you see, I've, I've realized multiple problems with this plan after I'm out of the cage. Uh, one of which is not only do I not know where the office is, but I also don't know where Nyla is. So uh-huh. we're going to uh-huh. cross these bridges when we come to them. Uh, first bridge now, I'm going to go down the hallway and look for the office. Okay. Yeah, so you uh, Stealthily stick your head out. out. Yeah, you stick your head out this uh, entrance to your your cell room, is what I'm going to call it, because it's a room that has your cell in it. It's not like yep. there's several cells in it. So your cell room, and you look down left, and it looks like there's um, a dead end to your left with two more of these um, cell entrance doors that you can see. Um, you look out right, and you can see there's one more entrance and then a curved hall. All right, uh, it turns left down another hall. Okay, I'll go down the farther one, the non-dead end. Okay, yeah, you go down that, and you make your way left, um, and you can see there's another row of uh, these cells where there's two, um, it looks like there's five entrances along the right side of this hallway that you've gone down. Um, two that have torches in front of them, and then one that actually has um, a good bit of light coming out of it. The center, they're, they're, uh, I should say this, the two that have torches are on either side of the one that has that good bit of light coming out. Okay, so the one with the good bit of light, do I hear any noises coming from either of these areas? You don't hear any noises. You do note that there are two guards um, on in this hall. Uh, there's one standing in front of the very far cell, and then there's one standing in the cell just next to him. And they're both on the far side of that one middle source. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Well, shoot. This is really not in my skill set. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so... So there was another entrance to a cell, right? Like, before I go into this hallway? Yeah. Um, I'm going to real quick look in that door. Okay, there's currently nobody in that cell. Perfect. Uh, yeah, you are the only only prisoner on this half of the prison. And there were cells farther down from where mine was. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, uh-uh. <laughs> what it looks like to you, I don't know if you can see this, but you were over here on this side of the prison. You were yep. right there with one more cell, and then it turned. Uh, this is opposite because of the camera, but then it turned um, left, technically, and then there's yep. one, two, three, four cells with what looked like a hallway. And on these two cells, there's guards. So can I try to... S- if I could slip past those guards, that would be preferable down the down the open hallway. Mm-hmm. Do, I, do they appear to be asleep as my guard was? Uh, there's one that seems to he has what looks like a spear that he's kind of like leaning against, and then the other one actually has like a little ball that he's bouncing across the hall. Excellent. We're just gonna depend on sheer chance for this one. Okay. <laughs> I'm just going to. Um, Quickly, but nonchalantly, just walk into the hallway. Just walk. Okay. I'm just going to whoop, whoop, just <laughs> silent as a mouse. Okay, roll a stealth check. But, like, if they just happen to see me out of the corner of their eye, they're like, ah, it's just someone walking. Yeah. <clears throat> it's not stellar. How about a nine? Oh, oh that, might, that might do it. Let me double check something. DJ rolling bad today? Is it Maybe. happening? I got an eight. I gotta see what the uh, what the guards' bonus is. They have a plus two to perception, 
So, uh, you're walking. So, unfortunately, that's a 10. Um, so, you just trying to be very, very quiet, start walking down the hall, and it's just a little bit longer than you expected it to be. Uh, you're like hoping that it'd be like, you know, 15 feet to the uh, hallway when really it's more like 30. So, you're like nonchalant walking before you realize that this is a little too uh, far. So, you like pick up your pace just a little bit, at which point, uh, the one guard with the ball like looks over at you and goes, Hey, uh, who, who is that? Um, and starts making his way over towards you. It's very, very dark in here. You get the feeling that he can't quite tell who you are yet. Oh, excellent. Um, I try to the best of my ability to remember what that man sounded like that guarded my uh, cell. Yeah. Tarak's not good at this. This is not uh, <laughs> a Tarak move. <laughs> it's not an orc move in general. We're more of like a... Yeah, this ain't, ain't how I was trained to roll. Um, but I'll go... Uh, just... Uh, I'm, I was the guard uh, who was covering that orc's cell. Uh, he's, he's asleep, so I'm deciding to get something to eat. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> and then I just uh, keep walking. I just yeah. I don't stop. Okay. I just keep going. Roll a... Um, roll a deception check. Yeah. Hey, that's a 15. You know what? Yeah. That's a this okay guard, DC. That's a good. Yeah, no, 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 that's perfect. The guard kind of looks at you and he like took, he had taken like a step towards you and he goes, all right, Phil, you, you, you do you, I guess. And then goes back to chucking his ball. I don't chance it with any more words. I just keep going. Uh, yeah, you make your way and you can see that this more lit staircase or uh, hallway is actually a staircase that leads up, um, towards what would you would assume is a ground floor level. Um, and you get up. You stop just before the entrance so you can peek your head out. Um, and you can see now that there are uh, three rooms. Uh, there's one that looks like a it has a closed door. And then there are two open archways um, that you can see. Uh, the two open archways are to your left. And then the one closed door room is to your right. I also realize that this is maybe my only chance to do this. So I'm going to have to gosh dang risk it for the biscuit. I go back down the hallway. Okay. But I don't turn the corner, but I do go, real quick, uh, I don't mean to bother you, but uh, do you happen to remember where Nyla lives? I, I was planning on paying her a visit after I my shift ended. I feel real bad uh, for her and her girl, uh, and her sister, you know. I think she lives a couple couple blocks west, just, just around the corner. She doesn't oh, live very far. Uh, that's right. I can't believe I forgot that. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Go back right. down. <laughs> Go eat some food, I guess, man. Already gone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, cool. So back up. Um, could you? Sorry, I was I was distracted with remembering that I needed to find out where Nyla lived. What uh, is at the top of this this staircase? Yeah. So it's a hallway um, that has one closed door. Like you pop your head up, and there's kind of in front of you. There's Two open archways out to your left, and one closed door to your right. And I was told to go to the... Office. Office. I've never been in an office before. <laughs> That's right. I'm going to walk up to the closed door, if there's no one okay. in this hallway. Yeah, there's no one in the hallway. Just crack it open just a little. Okay. Uh, you can see in there, it's a pretty large room, um, and there... Uh, the you open the door just a little bit, which opens inwards, which allows you to see the left side of the room, and you can see that there's a large section of cubbies um, in there that have. Um, it looks like the bottom section has 
um, some tattered clothes, uh, a few mismatched weapons, and then you can see in the corner is your bag and your sword. Um, and then above it, you can see there looks like um, different guards clothes, much more put together clothing um, in there. Okay. In the um, cubbies. But you, that's just the left side. You don't yeah, know what I else really, I really silently, I close the door, uh-huh. and I get ready to run back down the stairs, and I knock okay. just to hear if anyone makes any noise. Yeah. Uh, roll a perception check. That'll be a nine. Okay. You knock and then listen, and you can't hear anything. I assume that means there's no one in there. I open the door slowly. And if I see a hint of anyone, just in case, I just uh, I just close the door. <laughs> yeah. You open the door nice and slowly, letting just a little bit of light that's in the hallway cast into this room. Begins to shine on the cubbies, on what looks to be a very nice rug that's covered in dirt, to um, three desks that all are lined up across the back hall. Um, and there, as you open the door, on the furthest back one to the right, there is one... Um, person laying across their desk, uh, snoring gently across their desk. Um, as you open this door. Okay, I'm going to. I'm gonna walk in. Mm-hmm. I'm going to just just close the door. Just just real quietly okay. there. Yeah. And I'm just gonna walk over to my bag, real uh-huh. silent like. I'm just gonna pick it up. Uh huh. Gonna walk back across the room. Okay. I'm going to open the door, peek. Nobody in the hall. Go back into the hallway and very silently close the door. Yeah, nothing happens. You managed to do that. Is everything still in my bag? Uh, you begin searching through and it looks like everything is still in your bag except for the coin. That's fine. The I little bit of coin that you had. With. Yeah, you had like three gold coins and they're all gone. Um, and the compartment in the bottom hasn't been messed with at all? Nope. Excellent. Um... I will attempt to make my way out of this prison. I throw my bag on my back um, and proceed down the hallway to the two arches. Do I okay. happen to remember how I got in here? Uh, yeah, like, oh, a I'm... little bit. That was a, a good while ago. Just uh, roll a history check for me, just to see if, how well you remember it. That was Ooh, probably about four. three weeks. Four? Yeah. Uh, you think that you might remember passing these two archways, maybe? Okay. Odds left. I take the left arch. Nice. Uh, you go into the left arch. <laughs> Roll a d4 I would for love me. nothing more than to do this. Two. So you go into the left arch, and um, you... So it's interesting, because the arches go in, and then the hallways go mm-hmm. out that way, um, for both the left and the right. And you go into the left one, go what would be left... Um, and around the corner, you can see that there's um, six uh, cots that are stacked, three by three on either side. And uh, there's currently one uh, woman asleep on one of the cots, and another woman who's currently getting dressed and is Back half down naked. The as... hallway. I just... <laughs> yeah, uh, one second. <laughs> um, what? Uh, I'm assuming you're being stealthy. I would right? love to be. Yeah, go ahead and roll a stealth check. Stellar as a whole. Yep, that's going to be a six. Yeah, so you walk in around the corner, and you guys come face to face as she, like, looks up and sees you, and you look down at her as she's, like, putting on pants, and you guys, like, share a moment for a second, and she goes, um... Sorry, wrong turn. 
I'm new here. Uh, hey, I'm just gonna go. Shayla, wake up, wake I, up, I'm, wa- I'm walking. I'm going. I'm I'm speed walking. Yeah. <laughs> so you just sorry. Get, sorry. You don't know what happens. Didn't, didn't intend for you, this. Uh. You can hear kind of a thud as, as you go back, um, and you go back out the hall. Which which way would you like uh, to go? So the way that I went the first time, to the right arch. So, yeah, just to clarify, so you there's the stairs in the middle, and then to your right is one door in that yeah. in that face opposing wall. There's one door that was the office, and then there's the two arches over there, and it still continues on either side, but there are those two arches right there. Oh, in that I case, I yeah, I don't clearly. go down either of the arches. I just go down the yeah. continuation of the hallway. Okay, going down yes. west, past yes. the arches. Arches, okay, yeah. I'm assuming, so you go, mean barracks. Now, I understand yes. this. <laughs> Um, so you go boogieing it down this hallway. Um, like I said, you can hear that one thud, um, from, uh, what you assume is whoever this other guard was that just got down. Um, and so you're like speed walking it down and then you come around the corner and you can see there is, uh, one, uh, large gate that currently has the metal, uh, gate up. There's like one large art that has um, what would be like metal bars that go beneath it, and that currently the bars are up. Um, yeah, I just go if that seems like an out cool. to me. Yeah, you book it down the hall and then take the corner, and there are two guards, two sentries on either side of the opposing on the outside gate. But you kind of book it out um, into what is a slightly better lit um, portion of. The city. You can see this is now um, a large uh, hall, basically, um, probably about seventy to a hundred feet, varying in, in depth. Um, that goes back, and it is gross and dingy, and there's sewage all over, and there's um, dirty people, many homeless people. There's makeshift um, shacks. Um, this is what you remember being to refer to as the glue moor. This is where you have been stationed, uh, not where you've been stationed, but where you were imprisoned. Um, so, and so you kind of vaguely. Do I know where this. the entrance yeah. to the like big tavern is? To the yeah, big like tavern, that, where the half yeah. the city is. Yeah, you remember that you um, were taken. You were originally brought up um, in like like one of those uh, prison mm-hmm. carts. You know the ones that are like drawn with the with the cage in the back, and you were pulled in and went into the front gate of the city, and then taken around to the very back side of the city, which took probably about four hours to do as you went around the backside um, to the gloom ward before you were put in here. So, um, so you know that like the entrance to the city, to, to Athala, is on the opposite side okay. of the city. And that would be which direction on a compass? Either way, it's a circle. I want to go west. <laughs> okay, so you know that west would be left for you. Yes, I will. Because you're facing take north. Take a hard left, hustle down whatever blocks are. Yeah. Um... It's interesting because blocks are kind of just, they're hard to describe, but basically as you're, as you're going, you're figuring out that the, the housing here is basically in four rows. Um, and so you come out of the, the prison, which is against the very inside wall. And then you realize that there's technically, there's a row of housing that goes along the inside wall. There's two in the middle and then one across the outside wall. Um, and these blocks are made up of um, vertical uh, rows, vertical roads that um, allow you to go and around to the next one. 
Um, and so every block basically creates a grid system so you can access these inner rings of housing. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, you make it over two blocks um, before you can see there's, uh, it's all kind of the same dingy place um, with um, dirty housing, shambles, there's thatch roofs that have holes in them, there's makeshift brick houses that are crumbling, um, there's a lot of like soot and ash around here and a lot of just dirt. Um, it's, even though um, you can see kind of, if you were to look up, you can see that there is um, light out past the cave. Um, and there's even a source of light in the very center of the cave. Um, what It's interesting because there's um, this big, uh, almost sun-like object that um, stands in the very center of the cave, just beneath the entrance to it. Um, and this green ring about what would be 30 feet down beneath this circle this ball of fire basically 30 feet down from it there's a green ring um that uh you're not quite sure what it does but there's that but even with that there it is still dark and gloomy in this back corner um and so even though you can see that it's day out and that it, it's um, probably about noon right now you can see um, that you can see there are torches everywhere trying to make this slightly more lit, but it's almost as if the flames are all engulfed almost, so they only cast dim light, unfortunately, uh, which is really rather interesting. But you make your way two blocks, and there is one block, not one block, one house in front of it along the inner wall that seems to have nobody near it for some reason. I go to that house. Yeah. Um... It's small, probably about a 20 by 20 foot cube. Um, and you go up to it and you can see inside there's there's no panes on the window. There's just the cross beams. And you can see um, what looks like Mary sitting, or not sitting, but laying um, across a bed on the inside. Um, and she is what looks to be, she's sweating and she seems to have these greenish veins coming up and around, coming from around the backside of her neck, and that's spreading across um, the rest of her body. And you can see Nyla, she's actually currently um, wringing out a washcloth, trying to keep her cool. Um, so if there's no panes on the window, I kind of, mm-hmm. I go, Nyla, Nyla, come to the door, the door, Nyla. Wait. T- Tarak? Yes, yes, quickly, what? quickly. What? How? How? Hush, hush. Hush, uh, come. Okay. She goes over and she opens the door. Can I, can I come what in? What are you doing here? I mean, yeah, come on, get I, in. I hustle into the door. You, yeah, you have to, like, duck in as these are um, basically seven-foot-tall houses. Um, bare minimum height requirements to allow for the average person to stand upright inside. Um, so you, being a rather tall person, you have to, like, crouch in and then have, like, duck your I head. I um, Yeah. Um, before she closes the door, she goes, what the hell are you doing here? I heard, I heard Mary was sick. Is that true? I, I mean, yeah, she's right there. But symptoms, uh, I mean, what are the symptoms? She, um, here, look, and she, um, she pulls you over to where Mary is and kind of just turns her on her side a little bit. And you can see from what looks like the base of her skull, there's a small incision. And then it looks like the veins coming out from along there and going down her spine, um, or all this sickly, greenish, um, w- disgusting type color. Um, uh, yeah. 
Um, she looks very, rather pale and um, has a fever. She's sweating quite a lot. Um, and she's like semi-conscious, um, kind of dazing in and out from what looks like this hazed, lucid dream type thing. Um, yeah, I look her over. Um, I, my face pales. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. From my knowledge, could I assume that this is what I would assume it to be? Yes. Great. Not great, but great. <laughs> I, I say, uh, Nyla, how long, ha- how long has she been like this? Um, this is day four. Oh, black and damn, what have you been doing? Uh, I, we, I can't afford a cleric. A cleric would be able I can't to do, do anything, anything about this, this anyway. Well, how, how, did, how did this happen? Who did she come across? I don't, I don't know. She, she talked to you and went out and kind of played for a little bit. I was on shift, so I, I don't know exactly where she was, but she came back and she had like this, like a squirrel or something, some animal or whatever, and she insisted on keeping it as a pet, and I thought it might be a good idea to have let her have someone that she, she could hang out with while I was on shift. Uh, anyway, the squirrel died, and now she's sick, and I don't know what's going on. How steady are your hands? Um, steady? What, what do you need? I can, I can do it. I can do it. What do you need? Have you ever been to war, Nyla? Have you ever actually fought something? Uh, no. Okay. I don't suppose you happen to be a doctor in your spare time? Uh, no. Do you know anyone who is a doctor that you trust explicitly? Um... Do you know a pickpocket? Uh, yeah. And if you trust them, bring them here. I need someone who can uh, handle a knife. Okay, um... Alright, I'll be right back. Uh, and she, you can see that she um, goes up to the door, and she actually grabs, um... Uh, the sash that goes over her armor. Um, you can see that it has, um, it's a kind of a maroon sash that has a golden symbol of what looks like a hydra with three heads. Um, the hydra kind of like curls around and then the heads curl back. It's all in a circle. Um, and the middle head is currently breathing fire is what the symbol is. Um, and so she throws that sash on, grabs a ring of keys and then books it down. Um, at which point Mary is, just kind of tossing and turning. I'm still sweating and uh, in general just not feeling very good, obviously. Um, I will go through, uh, I'll keep the, like, putting the, the rag and, like, trying to uh, chill the fever. Um, I'm also <laughs> going to attempt to find if there's, like, an oil lamp or even just, like, a large candle. Um, mm-hmm. I doubt that she would have it, but if I could find some kind of pincers, that would be handy. Uh, and, yeah. a, and a small, yeah. sharp knife. Okay. Um, you find the knife pretty easily. Um, it's sitting there with the rest of her armor. You can see that she has a short sword and a, a knife um, that sits there with her armor. And so you find the knife pretty easily. Um, as for something that to pinch with, um, there's not really anything there. Um, there's a couple of sticks that you could probably use as like chopsticks if you really oh, wanted. We'll have to make um, it with the knife. Yeah. Um, at which point you go through and you keep trying to take care of Mary. Um, you kind of keep her on her side so you can keep monitoring the um, incision and the wound. And it, um, you notice now that there's um, a good amount of like pus and uh, liquid kind of oozing out of it now. Um, I'll start um, boiling a small pot of water. Uh, I'll okay. start cleaning the area, disinfecting it best that I can. Um, yeah. Doing stuff like that. You know, doctor okay. things. Yeah, sterilizing everything. Yep. Um, you you also um, you run the knife through yep. the flame a couple times, get nice and hot. Um, and after about ten minutes, um, 
Nyla comes back with um, a a very spindly dude. Um, he looks almost rat-ish. Very, like, sharp, elongated features. Um, kind of this greasy black hair. And he's in manacles right now. Um, and she's, like, dragging him in from the manacles. Uh, by the manacles. And he closes the door. And she goes, okay, we have, like, 15 minutes before I have to get him back to this prison. Uh but this is, uh, this is Marcus. He is one of the best pickpockets in the Gloom Ward, and we managed to get him a couple days ago, uh, and I promised him that I would get him a lot of extra food if he uh, helped us out real quick, and that he would get to sit outside his cell for a little bit, so he's going to help Excellent. us. Excellent. It'll be done uh, in ten. Um, perfect. Uh, unmanacle him. I put my hand on his shoulder. I yeah. look him in the eye. You, he is a small man, probably about five foot two. Uh, very thin, five foot two, not um, a uh, rather intimidating person at all. Greasy hair, uh, has like brown, almost like black, beady eyes. Um, you can see there's a little, little bit of acne like up and around his cheeks and stuff like that with like thin little whiskers of, of facial hair. Um, and he gets unmanacled and he looks up at you and goes, yeah, what's up? I, I look him in the eye and say, Marcus. Yeah. A fog, a fuck. If you try to run, I will strike you down. If you do not listen to me, I will strike you down, and I am a peaceful man. Uh, now I know okay. your hands. Yeah. You know how to wield a knife. <laughs> do I know how to wield a knife? And he uh, grabs the knife and starts, like, almost as if it was a butterfly knife. He just starts, like, twirling it in his hand. Right, stop that now. Yeah. What okay. we're about to Sorry. do is very dangerous and could end up with very negative consequences. I am counting on you okay. to not allow that to happen, okay? okay. Follow all of my directions exactly as I say. Do not deviate from them. And trust everything that you're about to see. And tell no one. If okay. you tell anyone, I will find you. And uh, he also okay. turns to Nyla okay. and says, Nyla, as much as I hate to say it, this applies to you too. Tell no one of what you saw here. Okay, I can do that. Very well. Um, I will go over to uh, Mary... I'll reach into my bag, mm-hmm. I'll undo the little secret compartment, Yeah. I'll put on um, a pair of, like, kind of, almost like, almost like the color of old paper. Mm-hmm. Leather gloves. Yeah. The kind of, like, yellowish tan mm-hmm. um, that are, like, very finely stitched um, yeah. and perfectly fit. Yeah. Uh, and I will uh, kind of kneel down by Mary uh, and put my hands not on her, but next to, like, where the puncture is. Yeah. And I'll start to do, to just, to just chant very slow words that aren't orcish. Uh-huh. It's more of, like, just a whispering, it almost can't even be made out, just a, just a very quiet, like, Uh-huh. Like, yeah, yeah definitely. Um, and I will spend ten minutes, mm-hmm. uh, to speak to this Mary disease. Yeah. As I do, the veins begin to slowly re- kind of just sink in. The green doesn't disappear, but it shrinks mm-hmm. a little. Yeah. Uh, and at the end of the 10 minutes, I say, Marcus, yeah. this is your time now. Okay, I'm ready. What do you need? Right there. I need you to make an incision roughly an inch long and maybe an eighth of an inch deep. Uh, okay. And he goes over and he puts his hand on her neck, um, and just drags the knife ever so gently. Um, let me roll a side of hand check for you. I will assist oh. if I can. Okay. <laughs> okay. 
Um, yeah, he got uh, a 15. So he slowly drags it down, creating just about that. It's probably a little bit deeper than it needed to be, but it's about that inch long. That's why I told him the eighth. <laughs> um, uh, I'll say, all right, now, deep within this wound, there is a creature. Uh, it is maybe only the size of a sewing needle. Okay. It is currently entwined in some very difficult places. Uh-huh. I take my thumbs and I kind of just spread open the cut just enough uh-huh. so that we could see, like, the head of it, give or take. Yeah. Um, say, you can I see... Do very carefully, very slowly. Take it out. It is asleep now. And just as you are when you are asleep, your hand is loose. Mm. You need to not move quickly. It has been four days. That means it is okay. very deep. Take it out okay. very, very slowly. Yeah. Uh, okay. I can, I can do that. And as... Marcus begins to reach in towards what looks like, yeah, you're right. It's only about, it's fairly sizable at this point, probably about three inches long. Um, This almost black and green shrimp-like creature with almost a uh, Cthulhu-esque head with like different uh, little appendages that all reach around. And you can, you can see that they're they're all um, wrapped in and through and weaving their way through what looks like tissue and possibly the, the brain, uh, stem and different portions of this organ. Um, as, as it's been kind of buried itself in, it looks like it's embedded itself in some of this tissue. Um, and as Marcus goes in to begin removing this, we're going to actually take our break. So (laughs) yeah, we'll be back in about 10 minutes or so. Uh, Definitely stay tuned to see uh, what uh, Tarakin managed to accomplish here. Um, But yeah, we'll be back in just a little bit. Rad. All right. Awesome. So we're back. Um, So we were in the middle of a suspenseful uh, surgery, basically. Um, Tarak guiding the way for this, uh, this rogue that he had met in the last 10 minutes. Uh, named Marcus, who we're hoping is steady enough with this knife to manage to uh, excavate or extract or remove, whatever word you'd like, uh, this um, parasite of a creature, this black and green shrimp-like creature with uh, tentacle appendages across the front of its face that is currently weaved and embedded itself in the tissue at the base of her skull, possibly even into the brainstem. Um and so Marcus is going in, he's made his incision, um, and under the guidance of Tarak, he's going to begin removing this creature. Um, I'm going to go ahead and roll uh, three checks. I'll allow you to uh, assist with one of them. So uh, we will go with that. I would like to assist with the bad one. <laughs> okay, this is check number one. Would you like to assist with this one? No. Okay. Don't fail me now, DJ. Okay. Uh, let me just add this sleight of hand, which is what I'm looking for. Awesome. Rad. I hope that's not a bad rad. Cool. Um, so he begins going in and starts trying to remove this, um, creature from the brainstem and he's going in and he's trying to get one of these tentacles loose 
Um, and it's just kind of not budging quite as much as he'd like. And he starts pushing just a little bit too far. And you go in to, like, tell him to back off just a little bit. And he pushes just a little too far and cuts into the brainstem just a little bit um, before you actually, like, grab his hand and pull it back. Um, she's going to take... Ooh, lucky duck. God's um, Marcus. Uh, what are you, are you trying to kill uh, I'm, I'm sorry, that's just, that wasn't getting free. I was just trying to... I was just trying to move it. I'll uh, put my hand on her forehead and uh, I'll say, um, uh, and heal her for three hit points. Nice. Okay. He's going to go ahead and uh, make his way through again. Would you like to assist with this one? Yes. Ooh. <laughs> That's kind of unfortunate, bud. I'm really sorry. That you crit on the... You did, I did. You? I crit on the first roll. I'm so sorry. So he goes Why in... Why you roll well when I need you to roll badly, but then right. roll well? Uh, <laughs> so he's going in and paying a little bit more attention to you, and he managed to get just about all of it out. Um, it started to kind of move just a little bit. Um, possibly this parasite could be uh, beginning to wake up as it's been bothered quite a lot. Um, but it's just about to be able to be pulled out. You need to sneak one more check. Okay, okay, that's not terrible. Not terrible isn't what I'm looking for. I'm looking for good. <laughs> nice. Um, so he goes in, and he there's like two little tentacles that are still attached to this brainstem, and he goes in, and he cuts off one and manages to dig the other one out before this creature starts really start writhing and wriggling quite again. Um, at which point you reach in and you grab it and then, um, and it's squirming about and it has these long tentacles. I just put the whole thing in the palm of my hand and just close it, like my fist yeah. as hard as I can. Yeah. Um, tentacles begin reaching out between your fingers and spreading around and they're like quite long. Um, they they uh, end up, as they kind of squeeze between your fingers. It ends up going out about four or five inches as it wriggles around and everything like this. Um, and you manage to squeeze a little bit harder, um, at which point the veins begin to retreat just a little bit. Um, she's not quite out of the woods yet, but the parasite is out now. Um, as they begin to uh, kind of start to numb, uh-huh. uh, I'll just real quick, I'll lean in real close and, and just uh, as the runes that uh, one of them has appeared on um, the right glove, mm-hmm. uh, this kind of twisting sigil. I'll lean in real quick and I'll say, and then uh, I'll just kind of keep my hand closed <laughs> just to make sure. Um, I'll yeah. pump the remaining two hit points I have into, <laughs> um, into Mary. Nice. Uh, you put those last couple of hit points in um, and she is in this very ghost-like deathly state. She's very pale, um, but aside from the sickly colored veins that have, um, over the course of this little bit, um, begun to recede. So they're not quite as far down her chest and her back and up into her head, uh, but they've receded just a little bit. So they're more centralized around the, uh, around the, um, incision you know that you probably need to get as many of those tentacles out as possible. Um, now that you have the, the 
actual parasite out. Um, you just need to remove what's left of it um, inside of her in order for her to really be out of the woods. Okay. Uh, do I happen to know if, um, like, these aren't just going to disappear, <laughs> the, <laughs> like, through uh, just natural healing, will they? The tentacles? Yeah. Well, the, one of the reasons why this disease is so deadly is just because the creature in and of itself is poisonous, and it excretes um, this poisonous gel. And you know that um, allowing this to remain in her, any little bit of it, is going to be a source of uh, this uh, destructive, toxic um, sustenance substance to be uh, in her body. And there's potential for it to naturally heal. It just depends on how much is left in there. Now that the main body of it is out, uh-huh. do I think that a competent healer would be able to deal with it? Uh, probably. Okay. I will do the best. I, I don't want to go... You see, Trek has real big hands. Mm-hmm. Not good for fine work. Mm-hmm. Um, he'll do the best that he can to get whatever, uh, like anything that's not wrapped around anything horribly vital. Uh-huh. Uh, he'll try to just doctor his way out of her body. Yeah, okay. But anything okay. that's like would require like adept hands, he doesn't trust Marcus to do anything mm. more. Yeah. Close call already. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll do my best to get whatever tentacles remain. Go ahead and roll a dexterity medicine check. Conveniently, that's the same as a wisdom medicine check. <laughs> I cocked die. Ooh, that's, I mean, it's not bad, but it's not great. That's going to be, that's going to be a nine. Can I get, can I ask Nyla to help me? Sure. <laughs> yeah, you have advantage. She's, uh, you, we'll say that, here, what we'll say is, as she has much smaller hands and much more delicate fingers, um, we'll say that you are guiding her as she tries to get in there. Um, I would like uh, that. So we'll roll for her. And we'll use your stats and everything like that. So whatever your bonus is, but I'll roll for him. All right, what's the bonus? Plus three. Plus three. Okay, good thing you have a damage. Okay, 13. Um, hey, yeah, um, it's better than yeah, nothing. That's right. Um, it's a good thing you had advantage because originally I rolled a two. Um, uh, I rolled a three. Nice. So. We're killing it <laughs> over here. We're doing great. Um, yeah, you go through and manage to guide her to get the majority of the little tentacles that are left. You think that there's probably still three out of probably the 17 that were in there. Um, but uh, you managed to get most of these removed and you're feeling pretty confident that either between um, a few sessions with the healer or if she's um, fairly tough, um, which you think that she would be living in this environment that she'd be able to fend off disease pretty well. Um, you think that she would probably be okay at this point. Okay, that's good. Uh, I kind of sit back. I still have yet to unclench my right hand. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, I check yeah. to see, has the uh, symbol on my hand faded? Yes. Okay. I, uh, I say, Anila, uh, do you happen to have a jaw of some kind? Um, yeah, yeah. And she goes over to the dingy kitchen that's basically a cauldron and a couple jars with what looks like some rice on the floor in a bag. Um, and she grabs a jar that has some rice in it um, and just kind of like dumps it on the on the bag, basically, and then takes it over to you. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. I put the worm in the jar. Uh-huh. Um, if there's a lid, I put a lid on There it. is not a lid. I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it should be dead. Yeah, it should be. They, they aren't known for living long outside of a host. Uh-huh. You, uh, you put it in the jar, at which point you can see it, and it is writhing, um, almost in uh, pain as it kind of wiggles about, and these tentacles, they raise up, and you can see a couple of them just get up around the lip of the jar, trying I to, put like... put my hand over the top yeah, of the jar. Yeah, just trying to get up, and they <laughs> kind of pull up just a little bit before um, a couple of them break off, and it kind of falls back down, and it, it tries this for probably about a minute of stretching these long, um, very wispy tentacles out to the lip of the jar. One um, now that you have your hand on it, it's even harder for them to, like, get any purchase, before eventually the tentacles reach up, but they can't get as far, and they just keep kind of slowly wriggling until the creature kind of stops moving, and then the greenish, uh, the greenish um, veins in it kind of fade just a little bit, so they're not as uh, repulsive and pungent, um, and it looks like the creature is probably dead. Good. Um, I. Uh... <sighs> I, I turn to her and I say, Mary should recover. Um, she's a strong girl. Oh. But, uh, okay. And, uh, what what was that thing? How would that even happen? Do you know what this is? I know what it is. I don't know how it happened. The implications are not good. What we have here is is called the true dommage in the orc tongue. It translates to brain worm. Um, okay. It's... Okay. The story is long, but I'm, I begin to take off my white gloves and put them back into my bag. Mm-hmm. The story goes that long ago, true damage is a very old disease that has been the orc, in the orc way for a long time. Uh, mind melters from below were found in the red wastes, the crimson wastes, and... Uh, we, the orcs killed them, but they left these. They grow in stagnant pools of pus and disgusting, terrible environments. How any how it was found so far away from an orc camp? Yeah, this is an, me. You said that it was an animal. You said this is an orc disease. Yes. So, the only orc here. This. Uh, thank you so much, Track, but I need you to leave. Please. I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I need you to leave. And she, like, starts ushering you out um, and, like, shoves the jar kind of in your chest and almost aggressively, like, shuffles you out. Um, and she doesn't even, like, care about Marcus. She, like, shoves him out, too. Um, I put she closes the door. Uh, which is good, because he, as soon as he got out the door, he started to walk the opposite direction. Yep, I just uh, grabbed the collar. Uh, um... Oh, come on, man. I say, Marcus, all due respect, shut up. Uh, uh, I turn to the door and I say, I'm sorry, Nyla, but please... Go away. Farewell, but do not tell anyone of what you saw, please, as my last request. Uh, and I will walk back to the jail with Marcus and tell. <laughs> uh, okay, so you walk back, hauling Marcus, and... Uh, Earlier, you were kind of jogging and running and trying to find this her Nyla's house. Um, now that you're walking, you can see that you're getting 
a lot of odd looks and a lot of people are noticing you. Not always necessarily saying anything as this is like the sketchiest part of town. This is literally the ghetto of Athala. Um, but you're getting a lot of looks and every once in a while Marcus will like kind of start hustling off, but you have a good grip on his collar. Yeah, 100%. Uh, before you make it, you're two blocks, um, at which point uh, the guards aren't there as you they you uh, you thought they were. Um, and you, you walk into the prison, at which point you can hear yelling as there's a couple different um, people that are in there. And you make your way in the way that you exited and you turn the corner and you can see that there's one guard um, kind of standing pretty tall it's this uh woman this female half elf um who has uh the same traditional armor this silvered armor this well shined um kind of elegant armor with the sash across it um except that she is wearing a helmet at the moment that currently has um it has almost imagine you can imagine um like the like winged helmets she kind of almost has that, except instead of them being wings, they're like hydra heads um, that are breathing fire almost. Um, and she's currently, she has that and she's standing above the box and she looked like she was barking orders when you came around the corner, at which point she sees you and goes, God, seize them. Uh, at which point the three or four guards that are in front of her that were receiving orders uh, turn around and all kind of rush you, um, grabbing you at different points and grabbing Marcus at different points. Um... And then they start to drag you back in. This woman, uh, this half-elven woman, comes up to you. She goes, Why are you here? Uh, I, I, my, I'm not resisting, but I kind of point uh, over at Marcus. And I say, Well, I had to return to him. Two, I made a promise. Three, I don't have anywhere else to go. You are by far the strangest orc. I have ever met. Do you know that? I'm sure right now I know a lot of things that you don't. Speaking of which, I kind of I gesture to the jar that I'm holding in my other hand. Uh-huh. I say, this is a egregious breach of I'm not sure what. It is dead now, but the fact that it is here is very bad. Okay, and she takes the, the jar. What is it? Gods, bring him here. And she takes you into the office. Um, at which point they pull out one of their chairs and it's far too small. And so they take that chair and they put it on the other side and there's one chair in the office that's pretty comfy compared to the other ones, pretty large. And they put that down as it's the only chair that is large enough for you to sit on. Um, and they set you down in there and then she goes, unhand him, let's stay. And, uh, the four guards stay uh two guards stay in the room and then two guards go outside the room and go on either side leaving the door closed and locked um at which point she goes you can see that she's um (laughs) she's not treating this with any bit the amount of respect that she should be treating it as she's currently like like spinning the jar on its rim uh like the bottom lip ring um just kind of spinning it and looking at it uh as you were saying I'm still standing, by the way. They offered yeah, me a chair. Yeah. I haven't sat yeah. down. Um, I, I say, uh, as I was saying, it's called the Trudomash. Uh, it stands for a brain worm orcus. Um, 
It is this him. is true demise? Yes. Fascinating. But do you know of uh, the orcs well? I know a little bit about them, and she sets the jar down on the edge of the table. I move it, like, two inches in. <laughs> Sit, please. All due respect. Uh, Narmat Kodishi. Uh, it's a phrase in Orcish. It means, do not die in bed. If I want to die, I'd rather do it standing. I'm not going to kill you. Tarak, was it? Yes. Nyla... Nyla is like a sister to me. And you saved her sister. Pooch travels fast. And I thought I told her not to tell anyone. She didn't tell me. I have served in Alasar before. Oh. I helped to... It was when I was much younger. That is part of the reason why you are... You were sent here. Uh... You see, I have worked with the Alasar Dwarves in hunting orcs and preventing their travel. I am the one who called in a, a, a set of ambassadors from the Alasar Mountains as... It's quite fascinating that we picked you up here. Orcs don't usually make it past the Alasar Mountains. Usually they come from up north if they were to make it down here. But even that is rare as they have to make it through Vianola or one of the other upper countries. And so you coming from the Crimson Waste is quite an interesting situation. And I'm sure that the Alasad Dwarves would be very interested to know how you got through their range. I will decline to explain at the moment, but to sum it up, I had some help from a friend, but that's beside the point. If the true Domage is here, that means that the orc, the orcs can't be far. I don't know of any other creatures that can... Do you even know how difficult it is to keep these things alive? I do not. I know of... I have seen a couple others. Uh, mostly the flesh rots. Uh, I'm, I don't know how to speak orcish, but um, she then goes through and she says uh, basically the equivalent of flesh rot in dwarvish. Um... And says, um, was, this was a common term in, when I was serving, as it is not uh, uncommon to see that among the Alistair Dwarves who go out and fight you know, these orcs. But they warned me of other diseases, including True Dumarge. And it is very interesting, and I agree, it is very terrifying that it is here. And I'm concerned because you're the only orc in a hundred miles. Yes, I know it looks bad, but I have no way of proving that it was not me other than my word. And I beg, I beg that you listen to it, because Maushat Kabasun, the flesh rot you speak of, is... It is a gecko in a when staring in the eyes of the dragon that is true dommage. True dommage is bred on living petri dishes of pus and rot. It's, it can't be moved easily. It dies within minutes of being outside of, uh, inside of a host. There is no way, and I did not bring it with me. I, there's so, no way that it got here without the orcs also being here. You're saying that this 
disease has to infest a host within minutes of its conception. Yes. Therefore, logically speaking, it couldn't have been you who given gave this disease to Mary. Of course, and I would never do such a thing. It, it requires precision. It's a weak, weak creature outside of the body. You have to put it at the nape of the neck, in an ear, the nose, the temple. And even then it might not host correctly. It, it's, apparently she got it from some animal. That is what Nyla spoke of, but I, I, even that is far-fetched. Normally it's only administered by, the, like, uh, it's, it's not common to be administered. It's only given to in generals. It's a weapon of war that the orcs don't like to use. It's not direct. So, my question to you then would be, after Mary died, what would happen to the creature? Normally it dies along with it, or it continues living inside the corpse for as long as the corpse has the fluids necessary to sustain it. Can it reproduce? It's bread. It can only be produced by the orcs. It's a... It's almost a ritual. It's bred inside of... Uh, there are orcs called Yotrus's Chosen. They are diseased at a young age, and if they fail to cure it, then they become the walking petri dishes that I explained earlier. It is within side of the sacks of just utter disgust that coat their body that the true homage is bred. It's like a prize racehorse almost. Fascinating. This is all very concerning, and it doesn't help me decide what to do with you. The dwarves are supposed to arrive tomorrow, and they are expecting to take an orc home with them to torture and to question. But the little that I have seen of you shows you helping a dear friend of mine, and so I am torn. At which point she waves, and the two guards that are inside the office with you uh, exit, and they leave, closing the, and locking the door behind them. Would you... Please sit, as a sign of good faith. Uh, I do sit very slowly. Mm. At which point she takes out her knife, and she just sets it on the table uh, in front of you. This is a very, very simple weapon. Not complicated at all, but put in the hands of someone who knows what they are doing can cause much damage. It is fragile, it is small, it is not... A weapon used to kill many, but a few. And it reminds me of True Dommage. When put in the hands of someone who knows what they are doing, it can cause a lot of damage. And you know what you are doing, clearly, as the one who can remove it. But logic tells me that it can't have been you who provided this. So logically speaking, someone else had to do it. The people that grow the true Damash are almost never the ones to actually use it. As I said, it is a weapon of war that the orcs do not prefer. The only orc, the only t 
type of orc that would stoop so low to use something like true damage. A dagger, as you called it, would be a child of Shargas. Shargas. That... God of deception. Yes. Trickery. Not very orcish traits. The orc pantheon is interesting. We have studied little of it as it is uh, crude, to say the least. But Shargas is one that was never mentioned often, if at all. That's because even the orcs are ashamed of him. Okay. So, if I am reading what you're saying correctly, you're implying that a child of Shargas is the one that implemented this? I would assume as such. There are many, well, there are five types of orcs. All chosen at birth by a deity in the Orcish Pantheon. Shargas gets last pick. He is a shameful god. He is shunned, confined to the coast where the dead live, and the hated dead. If a child of Shargas is brought in, you you think the orcs as large, strong, mindless creatures of murder and war, which you're not entirely wrong for many of them, but the, ch the children of Shargas are different. They are quiet. They do not see the, the light of day. They live in the darkness. <laughs> a child of Sargas being summoned is a war that you will never win. Do you think you could find him? I... If he was the worst child of Sargas ever, there was always a chance. It would not be easy. The darkness loves them. Trak, I'm going to let you go. What? You were arrested on conditions of being an orc. And that is the only crime that you committed. And you broke yourself out of prison to help a dear friend of mine and save her sister before returning yourself to that prison. Oh, that reminds me. Um, there's a kind fellow uh, currently unconscious in my cell. Uh, here's the key. I was supposed to get him out roughly oh. five minutes ago. I'm sure he's fine. Are you sure it's quite damp down All right. there? Alright, and she stands up, opens the door, go to Tarak's cell and release whatever idiot is that was on post. Um, at which point she closes the door and returns. I'm going to let you go, but I will allow the Alisar dwarves to hunt you. I will give you one day head start to either disappear into the city and find this child of Sargoth, or to run and hope that you can make it as far as you can wherever you are trying to go. This is my thanks for helping my friend. Could I ask you a question? I assume I know the answer, but could I guess that you would much rather I find the- I would very much prefer that over you leaving. At least that is productive for Athala and her people. The, I don't know what your plan was when you left the Crimson Wastes. I don't know where you were going, but you were here, and I am very much one who believes in destiny. And you were here when an orcish disease arrived and possibly killed someone very dear to me. Uh, also, on that note, if you could bring a healer to Mary as quickly as possible, that would be very much uh, encouraged. 
Uh, she is not right. out of the woods yet, as you people say. <laughs> that is the expression we use. Yes, I can do that. Do you have any other questions? Well, um... You said that you didn't study the orcs much. How much I, of them do you know? I know their basic war tactics. I know that the Crimson Waste is a broken wasteland of tribals. Tribal leaders fighting for power over other tribes, and they have yet to be unified. I do fear that if they were to unify, that they could produce a strong enough army that would be of concern, but the Alistair Dwarves, part of their tactics is to prevent that and to break up these tribes and keep them spread apart. So that is the basics of what I know. Basic war tactics in fighting orcs. Not much about their culture. So you do not know about the five different types? The yeah, yes, yeah. we do know that there are five different types, but they it is never like... I, I would not have known of a child of Shargas or a child of Yurtus or anything like that. It's that there are the strong and there are the ones to fear in battle and there are ones that are more deadly when dead and so on and so forth. It's, it's much more that we know of some of the abilities that they have in combat. In that case, I recommend you read up quickly. You are not wrong. If the orcs were to get together and unify, it would not be an army of sizable force. It would be unstoppable. You think that you know how to fight wars. You're wrong. You and your people would die. Even if you were to defeat them, if you were to wipe the orcs off the face of the or the face of the planet, you would still not win. I tell you this now so you don't get any dumb ideas. Second off. I have been around for a little while, but I do appreciate the advice. A good general always takes in at least some advice. I will do my research. Perhaps reach out to the Alice Dwarves and see if they know more. I was only there for a couple of weeks before I was brought back. Yes, learn from them. They know us more than most. But it was not advice. It was a warning. So please take it to heart. Thank you. A second off, uh, can I take my sword with me? Um, I suppose. And she goes and she grabs her sword. She actually grabs um, a cloak as well. Um, uh, something large enough to fit over your frame. And she goes, here's your sword. And here, take this. This will help keep you hidden as you travel. At least in the gloom ward where it is dark. Try to stay to the shadows. Also, uh, I had some other items just laying around when I came here. Those got rid of, like, like armor, like, I think I had a shield. Uh, I mean, you're welcome to see what is yours. The bottom two rows are typically there for prisoners' items. You can see what's there. Um, your shield is not there, but the rest of your items are. That's fine. Um, th thank you, and I will do everything in my power to find uh, whatever orc planted this. I cannot guarantee success, but... Uh, would you mind telling the Alasar Dwarves that if they find me, which they eventually will, that all they have to do is call out my name, and I will lay down my weapons and go with them? I will let them know that. If you, if you find anything, or if you need any help with this child, 
My name is General Kalar Varar. Just come back to the prison and say that you're looking for me. Do not do this lightly, as I cannot guarantee that you will stay free if you return. Of course. Uh, I quick dig around for my stuff mm. just to double check that I, I get everything that I can. Yeah. Um, I just double pat my bag to make sure that my gloves are still there. Mm. Um, and I start to head out the door. Right before I leave, I turn back and I go, uh, One more thing. Uh, could you tell Nyla I'm sorry? For, for what? Just in case. And I leave. Yeah. Um, you leave, at which point the four guards that are out there all immediately grab their weapons. Um, and uh, from the door, uh, the general comes out and she says, Let him go. You will speak none of this to anyone. Is that understood? If I hear a single whisper of what you have seen here, you will all lose your post and be put in one of these cells. Is that understood? At which point all the uh, all the guards go, yes, yes, General. Uh, should we see him out? Um, at which point she agrees and they begin guiding you out of the prison uh, before, uh, just before you, um, you exit the prison, you put on your cloak, put on the hood, um, it's, sh- it's dark enough that it managed to shadow your face. So you look more like a Goliath, um, at this point. Um, and you begin making your way into, uh, the dingy darkness of the gloom ward, um, which is where we are going to end the session. Um, well done, Aaron. Uh, yeah. Ooh, was- I'm not dead. Yay. Um, yeah, that was super, super rad. Good job. Um, Thank you, everybody who stuck around and has been watching. Um, we really uh, hope that you enjoyed that. I definitely enjoyed this. This is one that I've been looking forward to for a long time. Tarak is one of my favorite characters that the players have come up with. Um, I've been playing with Aaron for a really long time, and this is one of my favorite characters that he has ever, ever come up with. So I'm very, very happy that we managed to get this out and for the uh, people to all kind of get to enjoy. Which is super, super rad. Um, yeah, we just reached Affiliate, which is super, super rad. Um, we really appreciate uh, everyone that's helped get us here so far. Um, we definitely didn't expect that to happen as quickly as it did, so we're super, super thankful. Yeah, anything that you want to say, Aaron, uh, as we wrap this up? Uh, I'm just uh, glad I could be here. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm pumped to uh, to play Tarek. I, I really love him. I've worked with DJ on kind of fleshing out uh, kind of their whole shtick. So pay attention to the... Uh, uh, www.thepaperdungeon.com uh, because uh, in the future we will most likely be releasing a lot of our homebrew stuff regarding like uh, the orc sub races that we've come up with yeah, like definitely. class stuff definitely yeah, uh, the coolest version of orcs I have ever seen between uh, homebrew and uh, canon lore it's definitely the coolest thing that I've ever seen and it's definitely the most in-depth that I've ever seen which is super super cool so I'm super excited that we will get to release that uh, at some time or another don't forget that the 7th of September is going to be our first group shot um, our first campaign episode actually um, so yeah definitely look forward to seeing you guys there yeah if that's it um, I think then, I'm good yeah I think we'll go ahead and finish this session and just end everything off Thank you for listening to the Paper Dungeon Podcast Edition. If you want to hear more, we have podcasts on Podbean and Spotify. You can also find episodes on YouTube and on Twitch, where we stream on Mondays, 7 p.m. CST. 
We will also archive all content on our website, www.thepaperdungeon.com. I hope you enjoyed, and I'll see you next time, Dungeoneers.